Good morning, Grove Church. I was uh, trying to look for the camera that normally sits down here, and I forgot it's back there in the back this morning. Uh, so if you're here with us via Facebook Live, we're excited that you're here too. Uh, I'm trying to find that online so I can double-check moderation of that. Uh, so Daniel, I'm trusting that everything's good. Uh, it's usually me. I'm not great at the social media stuff. Um, so maybe Katie or somebody else could also check that if somebody pops in um, to with some thoughts. Um, with this morning, we are uh, a little... There we go. Steve's got it. So, Steve, you can moderate. I don't need mine. Can you moderate? You sure? Sure, why not? Okay, that's what we'll check on. Um, so this morning, we are really excited about uh, these couple of weeks that the Lord's given us uh, to, to do worship a little bit differently. Um, and it's, it's, the goal is for us this morning to be in really a time of prayer. And so I want to give you a couple of announcements first, and then I'll give in, get into some instructions about how the morning's going to go. And uh, unlike last week where we kind of jumped in, Steve and I are actually going to do a little bit of teaching um, this morning just to get things started. And that's not necessarily going to be a model for uh, how we're going to do things through the morning because we're, we're hoping that this would really be a time of prayer, not just a time where we editorialize on things. So let me first of all share this. Um, out in the foyer... As you make your way out this morning, on the left, you'll see a tub, a green tub, I think it is. Um, but anyhow, whatever color it is, it's uh, there to supply backpacks for children in Tennessee. So the state convention, which is the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board, has set a goal of reaching or gathering some 6,500 backpacks for children and teen who live in poverty in Tennessee. So our church, we, we felt like we could do 50 backpacks this year towards Christmas. Um, and so those backpacks are due on October the 18th. So if you'll pick out one of these flyers, it's an envelope right there. You can get all the information and put one of these backpacks together. Um, so we're partnering, again, with a bunch of other churches in our state convention to do that. So it's a great opportunity for us. Um, Steve, I feel like I'm forgetting something else as far as announcements go. No cancellations? No cancellations on anything? Okay. Nope. Uh, if you're youth, I see lots of students in here. We are going to be starting on Wednesday night soon. So please uh, pay attention to the details that are coming out about uh, what we're going to be doing in the meetings. It's going to be uh, a, a process where I'm going to be teaching and we're going to be looking at membership. So parents, you also need to pay careful attention to the emails that come out because we're going to be asking some permission questions in those emails about your students, okay? So uh, you just need to be aware that that's going to be coming likely this week is my goal to get to those things, to communicate when and uh, what we're going to be doing and all those steps. Um, now this morning, let me ask you to do a couple things. Um, again, we're going to be having a time of prayer. So just like last week, we have these two mics on each side uh, for you to come up to and uh, pray on the mic. That way, folks on Facebook can hear you well. Uh, people in the, the room can hear you over air conditioning units and all those kind of things. Y'all did a great job of stepping up to the microphone uh, last week, uh, making sure that you're close enough to uh, be heard. I know it's a little weird hearing yourself on the mic, but just, just understand that that's part of the process. Uh, as well, because this is going to be a time of prayer... Um, the, the tendency would be for us to go, let's pray, and then bow our heads and close our eyes, right? But that's going to be awkward for a long time 
if we do that this morning, okay? So you don't have to sit there, close your eyes, especially on concrete floor. You do not need to get on your knees and kneel for a long time. That would be painful and not necessary, okay? So just sit, enjoy uh, being involved as well in the prayer time. Um, we also gave you, I, I kind of modified a sheet, um, thanks to, with Mallory's help, um, on, on the chairs around the room, you're going to find these uh, four prayers from Puritans. What these are, you've heard me over the course of several months uh, using some of these prayers out of a book called The Valley of Vision. And what that book is, is there's an editor, editor, Arthur Burnett, who gathered a lot of Puritan prayers. Um, it's not just one person's prayer, but it's, it's multiples, a uh, multitude of, of Puritans. And he put those in this book called The Valley of Vision. What Mallory uh, did is she took four of these and she modernized them. So she took out the these and thous and some of the old English phraseology that kind of trips us up. Um, so this morning, if you're feeling like maybe you don't know how to pray or what to pray, what I would encourage you to do is take one of the three prayers. I'm going to be going over meeting God this morning. So you might take one of the other prayers and just grab a section from one of those prayers and say, that would be a, a, that, that's something that really appeals to me. And it might appeal to this moment. So it's a section that you could uh, just come to the mic and pray and just, just an opportunity for us to help you learn to pray and, and model that this morning. Um, as well, what we would like for you to do is uh, employ scripture if you can. So uh, it's not just a, a kind of a, a free flow of thought, but there's scripture. That, and even if you say, hey, this scripture, Romans 12, 1 and 2, that talks about us renewing our minds. Um, that prayer uh, or that verse of scripture is what prompts me to pray this. That, that's good. Okay, you don't have to read the, the scripture verbatim. If you'd like to in there, that's fine. But that verse specifically talks, talks about how we worship God by renewing our minds uh, and presenting ourselves as living sacrifices to him. So that could be a framework for how you pray this morning. Okay, so do y'all have any questions before we get started? Your pen, there's your pen, hidden behind your Bible. We're getting a mess on the table. Any questions? All right. Well, Steve, I think you're going to get us kicked off this morning, aren't you? So you want to open us with prayer and then begin to teach a little bit? Yeah, let's pray. Father in heaven, we do want to give you the glory and the honor for being God for being um, our loving Father, the, the Son that has modeled obedience and love, the Holy Spirit who has comforted and counseled us. As we spend time um, just contemplating who you are and, and how you are showing up in our lives, we just ask right now that we would be humbled in your presence that we would be still and that we would know that we are in the presence of God Almighty. We want to give you the glory and the honor and the praise. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. So as we um, gather, the first part is a time of prayer for God to be worshipped. And um, we had talked about that a little bit last week. Um, the, the, the first part of the Lord's Prayer in Matthew, what is it? What's, what's the acknowledgement there that this is a discussion time? Our Father, what does that mean to us? 
When we talk about God being our father, is he some just distant, uncaring, cold entity? What does it mean for him to be our father? Okay, so there's relationships. So, so in our worship and adoration of God Almighty, we, we, we have to remember and understand and know that there is a relationship happening. Does that make sense? So our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Revelation chapter 4, verse 8. Revelation 4, verse 8, and it says, And the four living creatures, each of them with six wings, are full of eyes all around and within. And what do they do? And day and night they never cease to say, what? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. I ask you this question. Does your prayer reflect that same sentiment? Do, do we pray cease, never ceasing in such a way ongoing that we are acknowledging those powerful facts of who God is? First of all, what does it say that God is? Holy? Is he holy once? He's holy, holy, holy. I think there's an interesting context behind that. You could, you could say... Holy Father, Holy Son, Holy Spirit. You could also go, holy, oh my goodness, holy, oh my goodness, holy is God. But what kind of God? The Lord God, which means master and ruler, but he's also then what? Almighty. So, so we're starting to pick up on some, some important facts about who God is that we are worshiping that. And when it says, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, ruler and master, almighty, which means what? He's mostly strong. He can do some things. He's able to fix some problems. Or is he almighty over all things? Where does that put us in connection with that? in our worship. He's almighty. Who are we? What are we? Frail, weak, broken, in need of one who's almighty. And then the last part, who was and is and is to come. What, what then does that do? That gives us the connection that he's eternal. So in posturing ourselves in this beginning time of, uh, of prayer, to, to God Almighty. What has God been doing in your life? What are those character qualities that we see in Scripture? His holiness, His love, His kindness, His gentleness, Him being Almighty. If this is a God that is in intimate relationship with us as our Father, then He's at work in our lives. So the, the understanding that when, when we pray 
and we seek to bring adoration and glory and worship to God, it shouldn't be because we're just saying words that make, make us sound like we're giving due worship. It should be because in our relationship with God Almighty, he has been showing up in ways that we go, oh, I see how you are kind. I see how you are loving. You are showing me your holiness. You're revealing to me how it is that you are almighty. And for that, I am worshiping you. I am blessed. I am grateful. I am humbled in your presence. And it starts to change the whys of acknowledging the holiness of God. What do you think, Matt? Well, yeah, Steve, I, I mean, I think it's, it's this whole picture of where we've been in, in a struggle with our relationship with the Lord and because we are, we are our sinners. Mm. And to recognize Him in His holiness and His righteousness, His majesty mm. is key. And, and that'll let me transition a little bit into what I want to share out of this prayer. So I, I was studying um, and, uh, this week and, and, and thinking about this prayer in, in, in particular, this prayer, meeting God. And so I want to ask you to, to look at that on the page. We're going to have it on the screen. So if you're on Facebook Live, hopefully you can read it clearly. Um, but I want to read a, a passage out of Isaiah 64, verse 7 to start with. And I think it, it's a, a clear verse that asks this, well, makes this statement, but it, it makes us pause, okay? Or it ought to make us pause when we think about who we are in relationship to the Lord. And here's what it says in Isaiah 64, 7. There is no one who calls upon your name. What an indictment of the people. That, that they weren't approaching, were not approaching God. And, and it says, there's no one who rouses himself to take hold of you. I thought, wow, here we're about to go into a service where the whole thing is bent on us taking a hold of God in prayer. That we would rouse ourselves to engage with him rightly, to, to say, not as, he's not just this distant God, but, but we've entered into an intimate relationship with our Heavenly Father that, that is about the intimacy. It is about us knowing him. It's about us rousing ourselves to be in his presence. Yeah, in his presence and not just in his presence, but I want y'all to hear this, satisfied mm -hmm. being in his presence. Does that make sense? Because it's not just about sitting there enjoying it, okay, or sitting there and, and just being beside him, but it's about enjoyment of him. So, so Katie, can I pick a little bit? Yeah, so she said, she said this, I'm going to do it anyhow, because she'll forgive me. I know it's 27 plus years now. Um, we, we had a little bit of time together this week without kids. Christian's in Alaska, Rebecca's at school in Dayton, Juliana went to stay with cousins. And so Katie and I had some moments where we were just by ourselves, and, and she's like, you're being really quiet. Is everything all right? <laughs> what, what do we have to talk about? Have, have y'all in couples ever been there? Yeah, it's, it's, it, we all get there, right? And, and we're, we're just not like engaged all the way like we want to be. And it wasn't that anything's wrong. I think there's some things I'm dealing with personally that are churning in my mind, but it was like... It's not where we wanted to be as a couple, really engaged in the time. And it wasn't that we weren't enjoying one another, 
but it's not to the degree that we want it to be enjoying one another. Does, does that make sense? And so our delight was not all that it could be. So we had to do little bits of tweaking in, in the conversation and, and trying to bring some things in so that we really enjoyed the time together, not just in presence, but in engagement in the relationship. And that meant this, we had to rouse ourselves. We had, we had to get over the status quo and say, this is what we want. So how does that happen for us in relationship as a married couple? Well, we've covenanted, we've covenanted together in marriage, okay, that we said this is our agreement, that, that we are doing this as unto the Lord, and that is the foundation for why we're engaging in our marriage like we want to, to, to rouse each other, and, uh, arouse and stir up that kind of intimacy. That's what's happened for us through Christ, isn't it? That, that the covenant of freedom and salvation that we have in Christ through him being our new high, our high priest, it mediates a different relationship in, in, in our relationship with God our Father. So, so it's not that we're sitting there waiting just, oh, what do we do? Christ is working on our behalf constantly, interceding and, and doing this ministry so that our relationship with our Heavenly Father, what Steve was talking about, is developing, that we're enjoying that. So, so let me give you this prayer now. Let's, let's read through this, and I want you to think through these ideas of what it means to be having this incense that, that's talked about, this tone of incense, and let this be a, a, a direction into us praying now for the morning, okay? This is titled, Meeting God. Great God, in public and private, in sanctuary and home, may my life be steeped in prayer, filled with the spirit of grace and supplication, each prayer perfumed with the incense of atoning blood. See, that's that idea of Jesus atoning for us. Help me, defend me, until from praying ground, I pass to the realm of unceasing praise, urged by my need, invited by your promises, called by your spirit. I enter your presence, worshiping you with godly fear, awed by your majesty, greatness, glory, but encouraged by your love. I am all poverty as well as all guilt, having nothing of my own with which to repay you. But I bring Jesus to you in the arms of faith, pleading his righteousness to offset my iniquities, rejoicing that he will weigh down the scales for me and satisfy your justice. I bless you that great sin draws out great grace, that although the least sin deserves infinite punishment because done against an infinite God, yet there is mercy for me. For where guilt is most terrible, there your mercy in Christ is most free and deep. Bless me by revealing to me more of his saving merits, by causing your goodness to pass before me, by speaking peace to my contrite heart. Strengthen me to give you no rest until Christ shall reign supreme with me in every thought, word, and deed, in a faith that purifies the heart, overcomes the world, works by love, fastens me to you, and ever clings to the cross. So what we want to do is we want 
to open up the mics in, in a time of worship where we can acknowledge this majestic God that we serve, to worship Him in prayer. So maybe you've written a prayer, maybe you have a scripture that you want to read that's just a, a prayer acknowledging His, his character, His majesty, His fatherhood. We're going to just spend this time in prayer and open it up, and we'll transition here through some other prayers in a minute. This is probably not on. There. Okay. I'm going to read out of Ephesians 1, and this is a prayer that Paul prayed for the church of Ephesus. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, I just uh, want to thank you first that um, when we come to you, uh, we don't have to do it with an elegant and sophisticated and orchestrated prayer, and that we can just come to you, the Lord that we are, as children, and uh, you hear us, and the Holy Spirit is there to um, basically translate my prayers to you. Uh, and I also want to ask for forgiveness for the times that I've not worshipped you correctly, that I've um, come to you in viewing you as a wrathful God and just an, a, a God of anger and uh, needing to just uh, try to appease your anger. Because you are a God of love and I, I want to be able to worship you um, motivated by that love that I have for you. And uh, when look at it, you gave us, you want us to worship you with praise and joy and you gave us a whole book, uh, the book of songs on how to do that, of poems that, to praise you. And Psalm 8. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babies and infants, you have established strength because of your foes, and still the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, 
the moon and the stars which you have set in place. What is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you care for him? Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings, and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands, and have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens, and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the sea. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Uh, God, I just want to worship you in that way. Um, and I want to worship you for all the things, just as Gina had mentioned in Ephesians, you know, you've blessed your children with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. You forgave their sins according to the riches of your grace. You lavished upon us. I just can't get over that, God, how you lavish your graces upon us. And you have given us an inheritance equal to Jesus's as we're co-heirs. And I worship you because you gave me the ability to when you raised us from the dead and when we were dead in our trespasses you raised us and made us alive together with Christ and God I just pray that I worship and worship you in a way that glorifies you amen Psalm 100, Lord, with all the earth, we come and make a joyful noise to you. We serve you with gladness. We come into your presence with singing. We know that you, Lord, are God. It is you who made us, and we are yours. We're your people and the sheep of your pasture. We enter into your gates with thanksgiving and into your courts with praise. We give thanks to you, and we bless your name. For, Lord, you are good. Your steadfast love endures forever, and your faithfulness to all generations. Father, we are so grateful that you sent Jesus. John 1, 14 says that he is the word and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory. Glory is of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. And from him, or from his fullness, we've all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the father's side. Jesus has made him known. Or that we would know your glory through Jesus is an amazing thing. We thank you for revealing that glory to us. We're going to turn to uh, directions a little bit. Instead of prayer for worship, we're going to have time of prayer for our children. You know, I was struck by the by Psalm 
127.3 that says the children are a heritage from the Lord. Um, I see a lot of children in here. Um, parents, when you look at your kids, do you see them as heritages? Do you see them as an inheritance of, of, of a high value? Because that's how God sees them. God sees those children that he gives to you, which he loves more than you, which is kind of, which is kind of mind-boggling. But he's given them to you because he sees the value of them being an inheritance and a future. And, and there's, in, there's intentionality with that. There, there's not just, oh, here, this kid will work with you. This kid will be good for you. This kid will be good for you. But it's an inheritance that, that becomes this generational thing that, that, that God sees as very important. And so if he's chosen to give you an inheritance, what does that mean we have a responsibility in taking care of that inheritance and that future. I know, I know for me, looking at, at, at my three kids and knowing that, that they've been given to me as an inheritance and then watching the beauty and the joy of our daughter now blessing us with a future inheritance of our grandkids and it being passed on and watching watching Jessica just just being so grateful and and the investment of those three kids that the Lord has given her in going she wants to raise them and train them and love them and care for them and and, and that just brings so much joy to my heart and um, you know Psalm 22 says train up a child in the way that he should go that's that future so we are taking those investments those heritages and working right now to raise and train them so that what it is that god has called them to do and be they can do that with excellence with commitment and thus in turn them glorifying and honoring their heavenly father Proverbs 22, 6, uh, train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. So I'm doing a little bit of background on it. The Hebrew is train. Instead of train, it's to dedicate, which is showing an intentional, sustained, and God-dependent shepherding of our children's hearts as they grow into adults. Uh, and it's put a burden on my heart to not just go haphazardly about being a father to Sawyer um, and that everything I do is with intention when bringing the Bible to him, that it's a dedication not to just lord it over him, but to show him whenever I fail to teach him like how to be responsible in that. And um, that's my prayer um, and it goes along with so there's basically just two ways to go either 
the way of wisdom in life or folly and death. And all throughout Proverbs, it's talking, even the verse before that is, thorns and snares are in the way of the crooked. Whoever guards his soul will keep far from them. Um, it's always a choice of right or wrong. Um, and to be able to dedicate whatever lessons that I'm teaching my son, that um, I'm always trying to do the right thing, the next right thing in that. And so that's uh, my prayer, and I'd like to pray that as well. So. Lord, I want to thank you for this day and this time that we get to come to you and just pray and worship you in, in, uh, in every aspect. Lord, I just want to dedicate mine and Jesse's son Sawyer to you that as we raise him that we are doing things intentional and uh, showing him right from wrong and being there to show him when we err uh, and asking for forgiveness from him if I sin against him and just being the right light that he needs to see in this world that there's uh, quite a bit of darkness in just thank you so much for all that you've done, for the word that you gave us that we can follow and uh, just apply it into our lives and just walk out our sanctification. In your holy name I pray. Amen. Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much that you uh, trust us enough to give us kids. And when we truly are so undeserving and you just continue to give them to us. Uh, and I just first want to pray for the kids of our country and of the world, uh, the unborn ones. Uh, it just seems as we're doing as the ancient Israelites did and sacrificing them to Malek and just with no concern, just sacrificing them to the world. And I, just, I ask that like the church sees this and realizes this and stands up with your word uh, to combat it and just realizes like if this is happening, then you know, Satan is the ruler of this world, and, and we need to uh, fight back against it. And the only way to do that is through heart change, and the only way for that is through your gospel. And God, you tell us that we're either a slave to sin or a slave to righteousness, and there's no in-between, and uh, there's no middle ground. And um, I just pray that the ones that are slaves to righteousness will serve you and, and take your word to the lost. And then as uh, Steve said, uh, God, you tell us in, in Psalm 127, 3-5, Behold, children are heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb of reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. And, and now, God, I pray for us as dads in the church, 
like we're failing our families and our children. And if we continue, our arrows won't shoot straight and they won't hit the mark. And dads as a society are just taking a back seat and that flows into the church. And Satan has made his way into the church through this. And they're relying on moms to leave their kids. And I just ask that the men of the church, our church, your church, every church, that they gird up their loins and prepare mentally, physically, and spiritually to lead their own children in Christ. And to heed Paul's instructions in 1 Corinthians 16 13, be watchful, stand firm in the faith, and act like men, and be strong. And I ask that we won't depend on others to train our kids, but that we'll train them in the way they should go. And God, I'm just so thankful for my seven kids that I don't deserve. They are their blessings. And I ask for forgiveness for the sins I've committed in raising them. But I pray in your sovereignty that you'll bless them regardless. Amen. Thank you. In Titus 2, Paul's given Titus instructions on how to teach different people in the, within the church. And he gives instruction for older women and younger women, which I find myself kind of in both of those categories. I'm older because I'm a little bit older. And I'm younger because I still have young, younger children. Um, so he says, older women likewise are to be reverent in behavior, not slanders or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good, and so train the young women to love their husbands and children. I'll stop right there. Um, as a mom with young, some younger kids, you would think that loving your children is just what comes naturally, and in some ways it does, but we see here this is something that has to be, we have to be trained to do we have to be trained to love our children, then there must be something about that that's just not a natural human motherly thing. There's something about that that comes from knowing scripture, walking with God, listening to the Holy Spirit. And my prayer for myself is that I would not just make it through the day, every day, but that I would be intentional, I would have purpose in training my children, training them to know the Lord, Ultimately, he's sovereign over their salvation. But it's my job to train them to know what does the Bible even say, is to train them in that, to train them just generally in life. And I want to train my children, but I also want to be, as that older woman, I want to come up beside young moms who are just starting out with their, with their babies, and I, or moms who aren't moms yet, but will be someday. 
And I want to be a person who can set an example, which is terrifying because I'm very simple. If you know me well, you know that. So my prayer is going to be for all of us who are moms specifically, and that we would be intentional about training our kids and that those of us who are a little bit older would be coming next to younger moms. So let me pray for us in that. Father, I thank you so much for the Grove Church, and I thank you that this is a place where your word is treasured and that Christ is lifted up and is worshipped. And Lord, I pray that in all things that would be our goal, to see Christ glorified. I pray that in the lives, lives specifically of the moms who are here. I pray that we would, on purpose, every day, train up our children and love our husbands. I pray that we would train our children to see you as beautiful. We would train them to be repenters as we repent before them. I pray that we would train them to value Christ more than anything in the world, more than the way we look or the things we have or the things we know. I pray that we would train them to value Christ. And I pray for myself and for the other um, women who have been walking with the Lord for many years, I pray that we would also be intentional in looking for younger women who need encouragement, who need direction, who need to be trained in training their children and in loving their husband and in self-control and in being workers at home. So I pray that you would help us as older women, to take that to heart. Help us to have our eyes opened all the time to look for other women who, who need encouragement. Help us not just to put our heads down and focus solely on what's happening within our four walls, but to also look around at those that are within the body. Lord, um, we need your help in this. We want to work with the power that you give, not with our own power. Lord, we pray finally for all of the kids, teenagers and younger kids, who are in this room and those who are not here today and within our church body. We pray for their salvation. We pray that they would see the sinfulness of their sin. I pray that they would see that they are lawbreakers, just like their moms and dads. And I pray that as they see that they've broken God's law. I pray that the beauty of the Savior would be clear before them. Help them to see their desperate need for you. Lord, I pray that our children would cry out in repentance and faith, that they would trust you with all that they are and trust in what you've done for them on the cross. Lord, I pray that they would grow and that they would walk with you and I pray for all of us to walk beside all of these children um, as they grow in you. I pray these things in the mighty name of Jesus, who loved us and gave himself for us. Amen. Jesus said in Matthew 19, 13, and 15, to let the children come to him and not to be hindered from doing that. 
I think about my own life, Father, where you uh, pursued me um, with, with an unrelenting pursuit. Thank you that, that there was no one who hindered me. Lord, I pray as parents that, that we would um, stand in the gap for our children, that we would walk in righteousness and holiness so that we don't hinder our children from coming to faith. Lord, we also recognize that there is a work of a sanctification that happens when our children do come to you. And there, there is a great desire for them to fulfill the, the greatest command of loving you and loving one another. Lord, I, I pray, as I've been thinking about this, and, and Paul gives instructions in Philippians a couple places, that we are to pursue purity, uh, that we are to pursue the fruit of righteousness. And Lord, that comes because uh, of us being equally yoked with believers uh, Lord, I, I pray for our children that you would lead them to people of faith, whether that be in friendships or especially in intimate relationships, Lord, that they would not be unequally yoked and hindered. And Lord, uh, if, if they are um, responding to things in the world where the enemy wants to sift them apart from uh, your people, I pray that you would intervene. I pray that you would give them a, a clear sense of direction about pursuing what is pure, that which is noble, that which is righteous, and that their waywardness would come to an end and they would be broken over sin. And that you would surround them with faithful followers, faithful friends, faithful uh, relationships that would point them to Christ. And so, Lord, we, we know that you desire our children to walk in purity and holiness and righteousness. Give us wisdom as parents to lead them in that, to coach them in that, to encourage them in that so that you are honored and glorified. And as we continue in this, in this time of prayer for our kids, I'm, just, I'm, I'm struck by, again, in Ephesians chapter 6, where it says to the fathers to not to provoke your children to anger. And then the opposite of that is this, is that but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And, and I'm convicted for the, the men in this church that we in our, in our own pursuit of passions and, and pleasure and, and self, we frustrated our children. And, and, and we're seeing the effects of that in this society. But in order for our children to be brought up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord, we have to be men of the word. In order for them to see God's holiness, in order for them to see purity, they have to see that lived out in us. God, give us the strength and the courage to continue to be surrendered as men and women, men and women disciplined in knowing you so that we can make you known to others, especially our children. In the name of Jesus, amen. As we move to a, a time of confession, I think a good transition is, is this, that we would come before you, Father, knowing that you are our maker and judge and we're conscious of our sin and our rebellion against you. 
conscious that you are our provider and our sustainer, yet we have rejected you. And Lord, that, that bears out in our witness to our children, our witnesses to one another and, and married couples. Lord, it happens in the community that we live in. Lord, it is obvious that we need to confess our waywardness, to confess the moments that we have rejected you. So we, we also say this, Lord, that we need your forgiveness. We, we need not just to say it in confession, but we need to ask that you would forgive us of our trespasses so that, that we can walk in integrity with you. So that as we pray these things over our children, as we are about to pray things over our church and our nation, that we are right with you. We thank you that you have forgiven our sins through Jesus Christ, that he has paid the penalty, that he bore the cup of your wrath on the cross, and we can find hope because of him. So your, your word tells us to, to confess our sins to one another so that we would find forgiveness, and we do that. We're not necessarily going to do that in a very specific way this morning in this public forum, but we do want to take a few minutes to confess our, our sin. So we do that now. And Father, as we do, um, I, I know that in Psalms it talks about us being in the miry clay, stuck. Mm -hmm. And I see that in our, in our walks, that as, that as we fall into the sin of self and pride. We mire ourselves. We stick ourselves and we're stuck. And that's not what you want us to be. And I love so much that you said if, if, if we confess our sins, you are faithful oh, over and over and over again. You're not going to let us down. You are faithful and you are just. You are right you are holy. You're always right. You're always on the mark. You never mess up. And so for you to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, you pull us out of that clay. You pull us out of that mire. You pull us out of that status quo and set us back on that journey of holiness, turning away from our sin, being repentant, looking at sin with horror, and say, I'm not going that direction. I am following the way of righteousness. Heavenly Father, just as Steve said. Okay. Here? Uh, as Steve said in, in 1 John 1 9, uh, if we can, you tell us if we confess our sins, you're faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And uh, I thank you for just your promises and that you're faithful to keep those promises um, to us and that you did send. Jesus to die on the cross and it wasn't just his death but just the, the transaction that occurred on the cross 
of actually removing the sins. And you tell us that they're as far from the east as from the west, from us. And um, the reason that you do it is so that we can have fellowship with you. Because we can't when we're unclean. And you cleanse us so that we can be with you. And uh, I'm thankful for that, that you despite the sins that we committed and the wrath that we deserved, that Jesus absorbed that wrath on my behalf. And I, I, I will never understand it, but I'm thankful for, for it. And I, I, I pray that um, others will see that they're destined for eternal judgment. Uh, but hear the good news of what Jesus did and confess him. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I'm reminded of 1 John 2, 15 and 16. Father, where you said that the lust of the flesh, the eyes and the pride of life, they, those are the things that we too easily um, succumb to. As Kevin was praying, I, I thought he, he mentioned these promises that you have given us. Lord, we, we are so easily pleased by the things of the world. Lord, let us find the greater satisfaction in your promises. So, so Lord, I confess my weakness. I, I confess my disobedience. I, I pray that in light of that confession, Lord, that I also be spurred on to, to love and good deeds, that, that you would be all which satisfies. And I would cling to and pursue your promises readily, quickly, without fear or favor of any man. going to read from Psalm 51. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, you delight in truth in the inward being, and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins, and blot out my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God. And renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and uphold me with a willing spirit. Having confessed our sin 
and uh, looking at the Lord, this is one who restores us. The, uh, the joy, especially, of our salvation. I love that psalm in Psalm 51, that line especially. Um, we want to pray for our church, uh, being now right with him in that sense. What does the Lord want to do with us as a church? Let's pray over us as a body. pray for our church from Colossians. So this is what Paul prayed for the church of Colossae. And so I, I do, I pray these same things specifically for our church as a body. So all of us, but also specifically for our elders. Paul says, and so from the day we heard we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. May we be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Lord, I do pray in particular for the Grove Church I pray that we would grow in spiritual understanding and in knowledge. I pray for our elders, for Matt and for Steve and for Dan. I pray that you would give them a special um, amount of wisdom as they shepherd our church. I pray that they would lean completely on the grace that they have been given in Christ so that they can give grace to those who hear them preach and speak and counsel. Lord, I know that they are hit every single day with all kinds of problems that we, all of us, we bring to them as it should be. But I pray that you would give them um, power to say the right things and to serve in the way that you want them to. I pray for their families. They carry a lot of weight too, I know. And I pray that you would give their wives and their kids um, the same vision for ministry. Not that they have to be the ministers, but that they can be supportive of their dad and husband. So I pray for our elders. I pray for all of our church body. I pray for unity in the spirit. Um, I pray that each of us would be Bereans who jump into your word and want to make sure that what we're being taught is true, but at the same time that we will be so loving and so gracious toward our, our leaders. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Ephesians 4 says, I therefore, a 
prisoner for the Lord, urge you, church, to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. And that is to the church, Father, with all humility, with all gentleness, with all patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. And Father, we know that that comes because you gave us the example of what that looks like in Jesus Christ. And Jesus is the head of the church. So may we as his body model and emulate unity, peace, love, humility in being the church so that as we minister here and as we minister out, we reflect Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, I, I want to thank you. Um, I want to pray for our church and uh, just the whole church body, the, the invisible church scattered about the entire world um, in different circumstances than, than what we may be going through. And um, I just praise you that, that we are able to worship you right now uh, and that there are other gatherings of believers throughout the nation and throughout the world that are worshiping at the same time as we are. And I think that's just beautiful that, you know, we, it's not just us, but it's all over the world. And uh, I also want to pray that uh, for just what's going on right now, uh, we've worshipped in relative comfort for a really long time in this country. And whenever we do have discomfort, we just pray, or want, want to pray our way out of it instead of using it to glorify you. And I pray that as these things go down, um, a year ago, nobody would have, nobody would have uh, expected for the Supreme Court to say that you can't have church, but you can have casinos and all this stuff in Nevada. But the, the pastors and elders in Nevada are dealing with that. The ones in California are dealing with that, and I just want to pray for them too, and for all the all of the church body to know that, and in other countries where it's illegal to worship and they're still doing it. I, I just praise you for that, and I, I praise you that that we have elders here that that aren't forsaking the meeting, and we're st and and we're getting together and. And worshiping, uh, I pray for the the ones that are in Nevada and California that are opening their doors. Uh, in after being threatened with fines and arrest, having their power and water shut off, uh, but they're still being faithful to you. And I just pray that we can all have that faithfulness. And that through all of this, I mean, you tell us already. You tell us that you know everything is is going to be for the good of your people. And I just pray that we can see it and that you'll use us to be a part of it. Uh, and I, just, I, I, I pray to see you glorified. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Father, we pray that you bring about a great work of renewal in your church.
May we live for the salvation of the lost. Father, may this land and nation not be that which is our, our heart is set on. But instead, may your kingdom be that which we desire to live for. Lord, let a, there be a, 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 also a desire for us to gather in the people across the lands, those that are lost, that they might come to salvation, those that are your church, that we would strengthen one another and support. Lord, uh, I pray that America would be brought down in our priority list in one sense, and it would be instead uh, that we would put the kingdom of God up, that, that we would pe- put the name of God up, and that we would put the, the purpose of your church up and reaching the nations up in priority, because we are your people. We are citizens of your kingdom, and we want to, Lord, live for your glory and fame, not our own. So, Lord, let that be that which motivates us. May may we, your people, surrender to your purposes so that being your ambassadors, aliens in this place, Lord, we would make the most of you, our Heavenly Father. You who is our Lord Jesus, our Savior, and you, Holy Spirit, who has called us to a work together as a body, as we minister through gifts, and as we are called to love you well and love people well. Would that be the rally, uh, rallying point of, of your people, Lord? And that a true renewal would really begin, and a new revival, Lord, where you reach people in a, a new way, not, not because of us as Americans, but because we are your people, your church, your called ones. So, so Father, we ask for an um, empowering like we've never seen before as you uh, prepare us for your kingdom work. Lord, now we want to move into a, a time of prayer for our nation and leaders. from Ephesians 6, um, verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you will be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. And as for your as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. I pray this for our leaders, for our nation, that just with everything going on, not just in this past year, but prior and then years to come, that the ones that know God, that have that power to spread, 
his wisdom and grace and mercy that they influence others to stand up for God and stand up for what's right for the nations and for the world and for everyone involved. Um, Heavenly Father, I, I find assurance uh, that no matter how awful uh, we think our leaders can be, um, no matter how much they hate you and hate your commandments and hate your word and hate Christians, uh, that they're only in those positions because you gave it to them and you decreed it in your sovereign will. In Proverbs 12, 1, that the king's heart is a stream of water in the hand of the Lord and he turns it wherever he will. And, and that's assuring. And I, I also thank you for the example, uh, because for me, God, it's sometimes hard to pray for those people. And that's a horrible thing to say, uh, but it is. It's, um, but having Paul, when he told Timothy in First Timothy 2, 1 through 2, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all who are in the high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way, which that makes sense if we pray for our leaders. If they come to you, then, then that would make Christians' lives so much better. And knowing that Paul wrote that at a time where the Christians were facing persecution from Nero, then then I just pray that I, I can, if, if Paul can pray for Nero, then I, I pray that I can pray for our leaders, God. Uh, yeah, I ask that you just change my heart on those things. And also, just ask that uh, you use the leaders that don't know you. Just as uh, when, when Nehemiah went to rebuild the wall and, and praying for King Artaxerxes to allow him to go and to take people and supplies, and he did. As a, as a pagan king, he allowed that. Uh, so I, I just I pray for our leaders. Right now, I pray for our leaders. I pray for our president, our governors, our mayors, anybody that is in charge of our government in any way, God, I ask that they'll know you. I, I ask that we, your church, will be the proclaimers of Christ to them so that they'll come to know you. And, and I ask that you go to them and change their hearts and, and give them a, a heart of flesh that we all need. I, Renew their spirit, God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Father, as I was preparing for this time of prayer, you reminded me of uh, Daniel and 
the account of how he faced this, this season where he was not supposed to pray for, for 30 days to you. But he did anyhow. And Lord, we are not at that point, I believe, in our country, but, but we're seemingly on a trajectory that, that will um, be that way soon. Lord, I pray that you would, one, help us to be courageous, to do what's right. Two, Lord, I pray that you would teach our government. Lord, it's, it's so interesting in that account where Daniel prayed and he walked through all these things. And yes, he had to go into some uh, very tr uh, difficult circumstances to, to be tossed into a lion's den, which is no small thing. But Lord, out of that, Darius, the king, the one who made the edict, he concludes this about the God of Daniel. He says, for he is the living God, enduring forever. His kingdom shall never be destroyed, and his dominion shall be to the end of the earth. He delivers and rescues. He works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. He who has saved Daniel from the power of the lions. Lord, it's a model to us of how if we will be right as a church and we will handle these things with wisdom and care, that even the secular government will understand that truly you are God. So, Father, I pray this, that, that we would represent you in such a way through kindness and uh, response and honor to authority in the right way, in the right time, and then when it's uh, appropriate that we would stand firm on your truth and your principles, that the government would have to see that you are the one to be glorified, that you are the majestic God. Father, I, I also pray that until that point, I pray that you would use Christians to be salt and light, that we would elevate the principles of your word and you would remind uh, leadership, whatever level that, that it is, of the principles of scripture that are timeless, that are truth, and that they would f uh, frame their decisions based on those things, whether they even recognize it or not. So, so, Father, I pray that our Supreme Court justices would rule in such a way that they honor life, that they protect people, that they protect children, and especially the unborn, and they would remember that we are created in the image of, of you, God. I pray for our president. I pray for our legislator, our state leaders, especially for Governor Lee. We're thankful for his faith in you and how he has governed in a way that is honoring you and given us freedom, Lord, in our state. But Lord, we pray that in all of these areas of government, that, that you would give wisdom, that, that you would, as, as Kevin reminded us of that Proverbs 21, you direct the, 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 the thoughts and the, the heart of the king just like water through your hand. So Lord, we know that you are able to direct them. Lord, we also know that there's an enemy, as, as Jesse shared, there, that this is not just about physical domain of this world. This is spiritual. So, Lord, we pray that, that your spirit would work and that we would stand in the gap as a church for, your, for, the, for this country. Lord, we are not elevating America as a nation, Lord, because the truth is we are citizens of a greater city, the city of God. But Lord, you've also called us to, to impact this nation that we live in. So we do that right now through prayer. We intervene and we ask that, that you would 
Help us to, to, to speak soundly and reasonably in, in these uh, circumstances that, that we're living in now that are uh, certainly difficult, certainly have a lot of ambiguity about right and wrong. Lord, let us just be um, able to give a, a sound reason to, to what we believe, to the truth of Scripture, and point people to Christ above all. So, Father, we know that you want to, to do a good work. We trust that, that you will do that. Father, um, for us as uh, believers, Lord, part of our responsibility is, is to know you well. And so, Lord, what we want to do now is we want to turn in, in prayer to... Uh, uh, prayers that, that confess our desire to seek a, a knowledge of you, to, to um, direct our thoughts to knowing you well so that we can give an, an appropriate answer to our, our faith, so that we can stand in the gap well, so that we can enjoy you and, and a walk with you in, in intimacy. So, Father, we're going to open up this floor to a, a time of prayer for our knowledge of you. start off with uh, giving something that I felt on my heart this week for God to do. And <clears throat> oh, Lord, my God, and on the desire sometimes we just had to find our own ways to hear God so I just pray that we all find our desires and just remember not to ever give up and to be faithful and be strong like a Wonder Woman or a Batman. Thank you. In Psalm 1 
say, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of the sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. And, and another connection to that, Amy, is this, is that he will be like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season. And its leaf does not wither. And all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like the chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteousness. For the Lord knows the way of the righteousness, but the way of the wicked will perish. And God, I just ask that we would, we would not be distracted by the ways of the world, that we would not find our fellowship with the scornful and the sinners but that our delight would be in your word. That our roots would go deep. And that we would live in such a way that the reflection of the knowledge, the word of, of, of Jesus Christ would blossom and grow and that our leaves would be such that it would be seen that, that, that we are following in the way of righteousness. Give us the strength to do that, Father. And give that as, as a desire for the church to be rooted and grounded deeply in the Word. I want to pray Proverbs 2, changing it a little bit. Father, we want to receive your words and treasure up your commands. We want to make our ear attentive to your wisdom and incline our hearts to understanding. We want to call out for insight and raise our voice for understanding. We want to seek it like silver and search for it as hidden treasure because we want to understand the fear of the Lord, and find the knowledge of God. For you, O Lord, you give wisdom. From your mouth come knowledge and understanding. Lord, you, we want to store up sound wisdom for us, the upright, because you are a shield to those who walk in integrity. You guard the paths of justice and watch over the way of your saints. Father, I, I just ask that uh, as we seek to know you, more about you, uh, God, I, I, I want to know more about you. I want your desires to be my desires. And I know you tell us in uh, John 1.1 1, 1 that um, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And I just want to unquenchable thirst for your word uh, because your word is your word is Jesus and we know that Jesus is a um, 
the manifestation of your glory. And um, I just, I pray that your word uh, will be not just on my mind, but on my heart. To where I've memorized it on my heart. Uh, and that I just will never stop. Just all of us, me, my family, my children, our church, your church, uh, that we'll just always have that desire to know more about you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Church, therefore, beloved, since you are waiting for these things, be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace. And church, count the patience of our Lord as salvation. Knowing this beforehand, church, please take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your own stability but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and to the day of eternity. That's a great transition for us to move into the last section of the morning for our prayer time, that we would pray for the Lord's fame to be spread. Psalm 148, praise the name of the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord from the heavens, praise him in the heights, praise him all his angels, praise him all his hosts, praise him sun and moon, praise him all you shining stars, praise him you highest heavens and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord for he commanded and they were created and he established them forever and ever. He gave a decree, and it shall not pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures in all deeps, fire and hail, snow and mist, stormy wind fulfilling his word, mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, beasts and all livestock, creeping things and flying birds, kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and rulers of the earth, young men and maidens together, old men and children, let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His majesty is above earth and heaven. He has raised up a horn for his people. Praise for all his saints, for the people of Israel who are near to him. Praise the Lord. This is Psalm 115. Verses 1 through 3. Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory. For the sake of your steadfast love and your faithfulness. Why should the nations say, where is their God? Our God is in the heavens. He does all that he pleases. Matthew 5. Starting in verse 13, church, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, 
Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. Church, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. God, I just, my, my heart is with, with the condition of our, our church in the, in the nation. And um, after praying about the persecution that's occurring um, in other states, and um, I, I just see this as, a, as an opportunity where you are being glorified and your fame is being spread. And seeing people on the news, the pastors on the news talking and uh, for example, John, John MacArthur, you know, he's been interviewed so many times since he's done this. Uh, so I just pray that, that we see this as an opportunity uh, to spread your fame. And, and kind of as the example that we saw in Acts, when, <clears throat> uh, when before Jesus ascended, uh, he told them to go to Judea, Samaria, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the, the ends of the world, and and they stayed there, and they they didn't leave, and so then you sent persecution that scattered them, uh, and your name became known in other places. And I just pray that we use this as an opportunity, and just an example, uh, you know, and not relying on other people but ourselves to do it. And when Isaiah, when God asked, who will I send? And he says, me, you know, I'll go. I hope we have that willingness. Um, and then I, I, just an example by Thomas. Poor Thomas. He's always attributed as doubting Thomas. But when Jesus was going back to Judea for Lazarus, the disciples didn't want him to go because they knew that they were going to try to kill him. But Thomas says, let's go so we, so we can die. And, and he had the willingness to go, expecting death, to follow Jesus. And I just pray that we all, God, I pray that I have that. I pray that my children have that. I pray that our church has that willingness to spread your fame, to give it all up. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Romans chapter 10, the word is near you, and in your mouth and in your heart, that is the word of faith that we proclaim, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? 
as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. God, may we have, as your church, beautiful feet, a desire and a passion to go out and proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ, that he is King of kings and Lord of lords. And we are his ambassadors. We are his mouthpiece. We are light. We are salt. We want to lift up the name of Jesus. We want the name of Jesus to be made much of. And may we do that as this church in this community for this season. Jesus, may you be glorified because of your church. statement that Perry says at the end of every service, it's the Grove's statement of go and connect in communities and change lives, which is a spinoff from the Great Commission, which is Matthew 28, talking about 28 verse 19, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Uh, one of the ways that I've kind of learned that and installed that God is through, God is our fortress, which is, uh, he's put on my heart to read Psalms 46, and at the end, it talks about how God will be exalted among all the nations. So, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage. The kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, and the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come, behold the works of the Lord. How he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes war cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Lord, my prayer to you is that we can rest knowing that you are our fortress but that doesn't mean for us to be still. It means for us to move, to be the disciples that you are calling us to be, to go out and make disciples. Uh, that we would 
not be stagnant, that I would not be stagnant and sit in status quo, but be bold because of you. That you give me the strength and give us all the strength to go out into the nations, to go out into our daily lives and be the light that the salt that is in us will not lose its saltiness. Lord, I thank you for that you have given us this light and help us not to hide it, that we would be strong and uh, courageous and bold enough to share whenever you are urging us to be able to walk in the path of righteousness that you have planned throughout each and every one of our lives. In your holy name I pray, amen. To this end, we always pray that our God may make us worthy of his calling and may fulfill us with every resolve for good work and every work of faith by his power so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in us and us in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I want to thank you all for taking a risk this last couple of weeks to do some different types of service. I know we've had people on Facebook. We want to say thanks to you guys for watching and, and being part of the, these services the, these couple weeks. Um, give you a little bit of heads up. Uh, we're starting a new series next Sunday on identity. It's going to be very purposeful and intentional uh, about who we are in Christ and how we see the Lord doing some things in our church body uh, as far as membership, offices, and some things go. This is going to be a very, very important series for uh, our church life, directly in the local church, The Grove. Um, so the Lord's been doing some things in, in conversations amongst the elders about where we think the Lord is taking us and some things. It's actually going to be a little bit of tweaking for us towards the, the end of this series on how we're doing church. Um, so you need to be a part of these things. I, I don't really put kind of that commercial on things very often, uh, but this is one that everybody really needs to be a part of. So if you're looking around, seeing people uh, that are not here today, that have been here consistently, reach out to them and just let them know that, that they uh, were missed today, that you want to encourage them to be part of the series coming up. Uh, if you're on Facebook and watching consistently, we want to say thank you for that. Uh, continue to do that because I, I know that uh, with social distancing, some of the things that are going on, uh, you may not be ready to come back to uh, meet here on campus. That's okay. But we want you to make sure that you tune in to this series because it is going to be essential. Um, Steve, do you want to say anything about that really quickly? Not without, not without starting to preach. Okay. So. Don't, don't do that. So... Um, Thank you again for these last couple of weeks. It's been really encouraging for us in leadership to, to not stand up here and do public prayer for the church as a whole. That, that's something we do consistently. But to hear you guys uh, sharing your heart, what the Lord's doing through prayer, reading the scriptures, has been really, really good for us. And I hope it's been really good for you. Um, I would especially encourage you, if somebody shared something uh, the, over the last couple of weeks that's blessed you, just let them know that. Uh, because it may be something that also, not just in the public setting of worship, sparks some things, but it will help you grow personally as well in the Lord. They might share that, per, uh, that pertinent scripture that they used or something along those lines, just help you be encouraged in your faith. Um, Steve, why don't you close us with a word of prayer and then we'll exit for the day, okay? Father, we do. Thank you. 
so much for the church. We thank you for the, the, the plan of salvation through Jesus Christ. We thank you for the work of the Holy Spirit in bringing us together in unity so that we collectively can honor and glorify and bless the name of Jesus, that we can grow in the knowledge and the grace, that we can spur and encourage, that we can be motivated to go and love, to preach the gospel, using our words, our actions, our efforts to see others come to Jesus. We thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. So connecting communities change, and change lives as you share the love and good news of Jesus Christ.